Accredited Master Coach, Speaker, Author, and Podcaster. Welcome to my podcast, The Can Do Way. My guests from across the globe have can do stories of growth, resilience, and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can do approach. Each one of their stories is unique, each one of their stories has a key message. In this episode of the Can Do Way podcast, I'm talking to Sean Banks, creator of the only youth motivator magazine in the world, YCHIA, You Can Have It All, Camp Warrior King for Atlanta's Youth, Team Hot Sauce and Hot Sauce Stacks, Personal Development Cartoon Characters and Self-Efficacy Language Tools for Children, Three-Time Author and Self-Defense for Women and Children Advocate. Introducing Sean S.F. Banks, his friends call him S.F. Growing up with a single mother who cleaned houses and buildings for some of the most wealthy and elite people in Seattle, Washington, instilled a strong work ethic in S.F. to pursue big dreams and help others. One night, his life was rocked by a nightmare when his uncle murdered his aunt and cousin in a domestic violence dispute. His close-knit family was devastated. SF vowed to do something in their honour when he became an adult. In 2007, he opened the I Am Defence Institute against his profound disinterest in working with youth. I Am Defence shows women and children how to protect themselves from attackers. Since that time, SF has committed his life to the personal development of youth. So welcome to the show today, SF. Hey, Gail. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. If we can first take a short walk through your life and if you can give a, the listeners a glimpse of your background and how you found your true calling through working with youth. Awesome. Uh, well, I tell you, I grew up um, at pretty much, we started out in inner city Seattle. And the in, in my childhood, I can vaguely remember what life was like before crack cocaine hit the, the inner city. Mm-hmm. And I know what it was like after, right? And before, you know, kids were outside, it was playing, it was almost like, you know, like green acres, like a Mayberry, right? <laughs> Things just yes. seemed to be like colorful and bright mm-hmm. and sunny days every single day. It's just kind of what it felt like as a kid. And then, you know, in the mid 80s, when, you know, when crack started coming into the inner city, it was almost like a dark cloud came over. And for example, the person that was the butcher that was, you know, cutting meat and, you know, you went to buy your meat or the gentleman that owned the, you know, barbershop, you know, those guys were now the same people that were breaking into your car trying to find money. Right. Or, or breaking into your house, stealing your television to try to find money to be able to get crack. And so just to if you kind of think about what that's like as a kid, uh, it becomes very traumatic. So my mother was like, we got to get out of here. And so my mom started a janitorial service. And that was what, you know, really got our family out of the inner city. She started cleaning houses uh, for pretty much anyone she could. 
And then one of her friends from high school became the mayor of Seattle. And she went to him and said, hey, look, you know, do you mind if I clean your house? Because if I start cleaning your house, I'll be able to get other business. And he said, sure. And that was the door that opened up everything and changed our life uh, dramatically. Uh, And, you know, we were able to get out of the inner city, get in a better neighborhood uh, and things, you know, started heading in the right direction. And so we moved to Seattle, moved from Seattle down to Atlanta. And my sister was getting married and my aunt was my cousin were coming down to the wedding. My uncle didn't want to come. He was very jealous. He thought she was going to leave him. She told him she wasn't and came to the wedding on that Saturday. We celebrated, had a great time. My sister got married. Everything was wonderful. I was about 16 years old. And that Sunday night, he, she went back to Seattle and he stabbed him to death. And it just totally rocked our world because we were a close-knit family. Now, it's not the kind of thing you, you expect to happen, right? It, it's, it's such a shock. And that was what, you know, for me, it triggered me to want to do something in their honor. And it could have really, you know, just took me out, took, put me on a different path. And it actually happened to a lot of my cousins because it was just hard to deal with. And that was the start of it. And so, you know, fast forward, I was serving at my church and I couldn't stand working with kids <laughs> uh, at all. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't stand working with kids. And I had a self-defense background. I've been a martial artist since I was six years old. That was one of the things my mom did to keep me busy and not getting in trouble and, you know, in the right environment. And so I always had that in me. And I was, you know, part of a detail at my at my church where, you know, just making sure that everything was protected. I was a pretty big pastor. And they put me over there at the kids. And I always ask them, please put me somewhere else. You know, I, you know, it's got booger fingers, man. They want to come <laughs> and grab on you. And I'm like, I just don't want to be bothered with that. And, you know, they would kind of laugh and then put me back there. And so what happened is I started to see that there was such a need for youth development. So I, when I started the IM Defense Institute, which was the first thing I ever started as far as a business. Um, it, you know, it started to take off because there were so many kids that needed to be taught self-defense. And I was in the finance industry. I left my job. The market was getting bad anyway. It's about 2008. And things started happening. And that was kind of what started me in this direction. You know what? I just see so many happenings that have led you to where you are today amid the trauma and crisis. But I just want to go back to um, your mum and the role model she has been to you in your life. You know, she saw the need to get you out of the change in society with the whole influence of crack, cocaine and the, the damage to society that it was creating. And she had that drive in her. And how do you feel that that has manifested itself in you and really propelled you to where you are today? Uh, it is what that that is the, the driving force behind it. The watching my mom uh, have that kind of determination to want more is what fuels me every day. And then, and then also watching my dad. I mean, my dad, uh, although, you know, we 
he didn't live with us was, you know, was a businessman and was very driven. Uh, and, you know, just watching my parents, watching that is what inspired me. Being able to, to have the example is what made a huge difference in my life because, you know, I would watch my mom go to work. For example, here's one. I would watch my mom go to work and clean these houses. I mean, you know, six, seven bedroom houses, which is, that is a huge house to clean. And sometimes her people would show up and sometimes she wouldn't, and she would come home so tired and her hands would be sore and her, her back would hurt and her, her feet would hurt. And, you know, we'd have to rub her feet or do whatever to, you know, because she was, you know, that's a lot of work for one person to do. And it was, it's a lot of work if she had, you know, two or three helpers. And then you were doing like two or three of those houses in a day, uh, if not more. And so it was very difficult for her, but she never gave up. One time, uh, a, a crack addict stole her van. She had a, a red, like a uh, team van. You know, mm. Back in the day, there was an A-team with Mr. T and all those guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she had a van like that. And she would keep all her cleaning supplies in there. And she had this Kirby vacuum. And Kirby vacuums were very expensive at the mm-hmm. time. And, and they, they got her car, broke into her car, stole all of her stuff out, and of course sold it. And a very interesting story, Gail. So the neighborhood dope dealer came to my mom and said, listen, give me your van. And because my mom was just devastated, right? Because this one, we were just trying to get out. Mm. We were trying to pull everything together, trying to get out of the inner city. You know, there were shootouts and stuff. There was gang violence and stuff going on. And we were just trying to get out. And it just seemed like every time something would pull us back. And uh, the, the dope dealer came to my mom and he said, listen, you know, I heard that somebody stole your stole your car and broken to guard your stuff. He said, let me have your car for a couple of days. He said, and I'm going to drive around the neighborhood. He said, and I guarantee you after everybody sees me in your car, you'll never have a problem with your car. Again, you can leave the keys in your car. Nobody will ever touch it. And he, and as crazy as that sounds, that is exactly what happened. When he gave my mother the car back, I mean, she, she could have left the doors, all the doors open with everything in there overnight and nobody would have touched that car and it was that that actually helped her because people kept breaking in and doing all this stuff and so we were finally able to get ahead so seeing all of that perseverance is what gave me the drive to say okay you know if i have a bad business day right or somebody doesn't give me a sale or something doesn't go my way you know that's nothing compared to what my mom had to go through to get us out of out of our situation one time i watched my mom ride a bike with cleaning supplies on it to go and clean the house where her car I can picture down. that right now. <laughs> the mop out one side and the bucket the off the handlebars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was wild, but it was whatever it took, man. That was her personality. That still is today. That's how she is. Fantastic. And, you know, that, that so illustrates the whole can-do drive that you have witnessed in your mum and you still see that. And as you said, your father was a, a shining example as well. But this brings me then to you allowing this to ripple into your life, you know, and help you and shape you to become the person you are today. But you got to that stage where you said you were doing the the youth work in the church. And even though you weren't keen to work with the kids, you, you saw the opportunity. So you started to show those first steps of that, that can-do drive in yourself. And you realised that there was an opportunity for the, the youth development. Mm-hmm. 
So you've developed a lot of other parts to it, as I shared in the introduction. So, so tell the listeners a bit more about um, perhaps some of the challenges you may have faced at the start when you were exploring and creating these other brands that have become linked so strongly with the work that you do. Well, some of the biggest challenges I had, especially in the beginning, was the belief that I could do it. Uh, that was one of the biggest challenges I had, and that that lasted for a while, uh, just you know, a few years, where I would constantly second guess myself, constantly wonder if I was doing something right, if I if I had what it took, and you know, because when I started teaching martial arts, when I initially started teaching martial arts with a business partner of mine, I was on the business side, right? I wasn't actually in the class, you know, teaching the kicking and the punching and doing that. I was more on marketing, getting people through the door uh, because that was my strength. And when my business partner and I split, he went to go and want to start doing like extras and being a, like a double for action movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was pretty much by myself. I had to start teaching and doing everything myself. And that was really challenging because I didn't know if I could do it. I know I knew that I knew the 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 steps, but I didn't know if I could teach it. And that was a major challenge. And then as things went on, you know, when I started Camp Warrior King, for example, the first year I was in the red. I mean, I lost. I mean, I spent my savings. We had needed at least a hundred kids to come the first year. We had mm-hmm. twenty nine, and so that went just from a business standpoint, you know, one plus one equals two, right? And so when you don't, when those numbers don't add up, right, you know, it, it, it costs you. And so the first year, I mean, I had people quitting left and right. I couldn't pay everybody. I had one guy that, that worked through the camp without pay. I processed him and I promise you, I'll pay you back everything if you just would just stick with me. And he did. And it took me three months to pay him back the money I owed him. And, uh, but he has been with the program for, you know, almost 10 years now from that time. Um, and so, you know, I've been able to treat him a lot better now than we could before, mm-hmm. but just so many challenges, so many character building challenges, people quitting, people not keeping their word, um, you know, uh, just trying to find venues and the challenges of that because everything was kind of first time, right? There was no, you know, rubric to follow. There wasn't someone that said, this is how you do all this. And, you know, those things weren't there. So we had to figure a lot of it out. What do you, what do you feel was that, that guiding light from perhaps your mum's role model experience that helped you to believe in yourself that you could do your um, martial arts business and then that you could get through that first year that, that, that real can-do drive in you? What what was the one thing that you feel that you had to do to make that happen? Having a dream. Having having a dream. Uh, Mom always told me that dreaming is 50% and the other 50% is putting the work behind it. And so with having a dream, it's visualizing. You know, when I was a little boy, she would walk me past these car dealerships. We would walk to my preschool and there was this one car dealership where you know, they used to have cars like encased in glass on a corner of a, you know, dealerships used to be like actually mm-hmm. in a building, right? Mm-hmm. Like a downtown. And we walked through downtown and there'd be these cars in these, you know, dealerships and just, you know, 
fancy, you know, fancy cars, Ferraris and Rolls Royces and all this stuff. And that's what she would tell me, you know, hey, you know, you can have one of those if you want. And we were walking, right? <laughs> we're walking down the street. We're catching the bus, right? We don't have anything like that. And she's like, but you can have one of those. And she would tell me, dreaming is 50% and the other half is putting in the work. And so that followed me my whole life. So what I would do is I would visualize what I wanted. And it's the same thing I do today. I'll visualize it. I will see it in my mind's eye and then I will manifest it into reality. And that is what has allowed me to create the things that I'm creating now is that it's visualizing it first, seeing yourself doing it, seeing it happening. I mean, down to, you know, the, the minute details, right? Seeing all of it in your mind. And then it's interesting that when you do that, you start to create the steps and things you need to do to actually bring it to life. And that's what I did. Yeah. I love that 50-50 guide from your mom. It's, it's so, it's such a powerful way of, of realizing those dreams, as you say. And, and, and also, as you said, Sean, when you see it, you can see the end goal and yes, the steps become visible. It's a bit like that scene in Indiana Jones where he has to cross that canyon and mm-hmm. it's, it's not there. And yet it's the faith and belief that it is there and it will be their escape route. And then the path appears. That's right. And so your steps have appeared for you along the way because you are, you, you're energized into that whole, this dream will happen and I know what I have to do to get it into right. reality. And that's what you've done. Right. Absolutely. Fantastic. So as you've gone along, you've had ups and downs, of course, you face some challenges in your business and you have worked your way through them. What do you do to continually upskill yourself or to, to power that drive? What do you do to take care of yourself um, and your mindset so that you can keep giving the energy that's required to all the parts of your life, your business, your family? I know you're a dad as well, your role as a, a father, and you've also got your parents. How do you maintain that positive strength in yourself and that positive mindset to keep going? Oh, wow. Um, well, I, I try to do a lot of different things. Uh, the One of the things that I do, I pray and meditate a lot uh, to just give me guidance, to clear my mind. Uh, I read a lot. I, I, I read. I love to read books on all kinds of things. I love knowledge. I listen to a lot of motivational information to keep me going. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I try to keep myself. What they say is called being in the overflow, mm-hmm. where you have you know enough knowledge to be able to share. So you're never really empty and. You know, you know, this being in, you know, just consulting and, and mm. giving so much to people. One of the worst places to be is when you're empty and you've given everything out and then you don't have anything else to kind of replenish or to give for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I try to stay there. But then I I work out. I, I work out a lot. I believe in fitness uh, because it, it takes the stress off. Uh, this morning, I didn't get up as early as I normally would to go work out. So this afternoon I had to go and work out mm-hmm. because it was just that stress release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll go fishing. I mean, I play with my boys. I'll, you know, I give a lot of mental energy for just 
relaxation, hanging out with my kids. You know, I have a, a eight year old and I have a four year old. And so to get on that level, you know, you can't think about business. You have to be thinking about what an eight year old and a four year old are into. And right now they're into wrestling. They've okay. been watching wrestling on WWE. <laughs> they just saw the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and at the barbershop for the first time. So now if I'm not paying attention, you know, man, I, I'll get knocked in the head, man. They'll come, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm going to get pile drived or something. So, you know, and those little elbows hurt. So, you know, it's, it's things like that. Spending time with family, you know, being, and that's what re-energizes me. Cause that's my motivation. That's my why yeah. uh, I, I go and see my dad regularly. Uh, my mom does a lot of work with me now, so I talk to her on a on a daily basis, several times a day, and that you know that is is part of what you know really fuels me to to keep going. Wonderful, wonderful! I love the the mix of the the things that you do to recharge, and I think you know so many of my guests have explored and found ways that really work for them and I think that's a, a very important and a consistent message that I get across to my listeners in this show is you have to find something that really works for you so that you mm -hmm. can step away from the energy that you do give to others in the work that you do and then you can say you know I can I can refill my cup I can be at a good level for me but it's it's selfless rather than selfish to step away and and take care of yourself. Um, it self really care is. really needs to be our top priority, doesn't it? It, it really does. I mean, it really does. And the getting good rest, right? Because mm. that was something that, like, I'm just learning to to do that, and it's changed my life because you know I was of a idea that you know, dreamers never sleep and, you know, you'll sleep, you know, you'll, what is it? You'll sleep when you're dead. Sleep and, when you know, you're dead, all, yes. Sleep when you're dead, right? <laughs> you know, and, and all these things. And what you realize is that if you go along that route for too long, you'll be dead mm -hmm. sooner, right? Yeah. And, 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 and I had to put it in perspective, right? So those sayings and those anecdotes are very true, but they're not necessarily meant for people like you and I who are go-getters and making things happen. It's more meant for people that are on the fence about going after their dreams, because when you're charging and you're going on all cylinders, your brain has to shut down. It has to get rest or you're not going to perform as well. So, sure, you can go, you know, a couple nights or a night without, you know, sleeping three or four hours. But now, I mean, I feel miserable when I do that. Mm -hmm. But when I get a good night's rest and I wake up, I'm more positive in the morning. That's one of the things I've noticed about myself is my. Mm -hmm. My self-confidence level, you know, all those things are different when I get a good night's sleep. And then also, you know, taking the time to step away from my family, from everybody and just having those Sean times where I'll go fishing and I'll go fishing by myself because I can't get any of my buddies to go. I'll go by myself and I'll come back and I'll be, you know, charged up and ready to go because I took that time. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Solo time is sacred time. And, and we every one of us deserves that time and we don't have to be with others all of the time. We, we love our family. We love our friends, but I really love being by myself too. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah. very important for me to just, just be, I have to yep. do that. So, so Sean, if you can share with my listeners, your three can do tips that you'd like to leave with them with. 
what are those life mantras you feel can really inspire them to maybe take hold of something they've been thinking about for a while or just mantras you live by? Uh, oh, yeah. The one is to not to don't second guess yourself. You know, have the belief that you can create what it is that you want in life. A lot of times we second guess ourselves and think, well, really, can I do it? You know, do I have what it takes to do it? And the answer is yes. You know, be confident in your own ideas. Don't second guess yourself. Don't, don't, don't think that your idea isn't worthy. Um, that would be one. Just don't second guess yourself. And another one would be, you know, why not? You know, when you think of an idea, something you want to want to do, you know, why not? You know, hey, I wonder, it'd be really cool if I could start that coffee shop. Why not? You know, it'd be really nice if I could go back to school again. Well, you know, why not? Right. Just why not? Why not you? Why not now? You know, so one, don't second guess yourself. The second one is why not? You know, to, to anything that you want to do in life. Why not? Because I think that so many times we get caught up with, is it possible? Can I do it? You know, or we just put our, or I'm too old to do it now. The time has passed. And it's like, that's not true at all, you know? And the, the last one would be to enjoy the journey. I feel that a lot of times we race to get to a destination that isn't there, right? Life isn't about a destination. It's about a journey. The, the really only real destination you have is when your life is over, right? It's done, right? And hopefully there's something else after that. But their life is about the journey. It's about when the process of building and the things you're going through. And I think a lot of times we take that for granted and we don't reflect on that until it's past us. And we're looking back at all these moments and things that we had and we wish we could relive them. But if we could actually savor the moments more and be in the present more, it would make life a lot more enjoyable. And then I have one last one. I have four. I'm sorry. Okay, you can have a bonus. <laughs> can, I, can I have a bonus? Okay. The, the, la- the last one, because this is what I'm really focusing on myself, is, is choose to be happy. Like, choose to be happy every day. Like, it's your choice. Choose to be happy no matter what happens. Choose to be happy because happiness, that happiness is more, it's more powerful than anything else. You know, whether you have a lot of money, you have little money, you know, if you can figure out a way to be happy every day, uh, it, it makes life that much more enjoyable. Beautiful. I love all four of those. And I'm, I know that the listeners will, will take all of what you have shared today, Sean, you know, your, your journey that you are still on your journey doesn't hasn't met its destination yet you still have so much more to offer not only the world at large but yourself in terms of um, being in the moment to enjoy your journey but not second guessing yourself asking yourself why not you're we're never too old to to do anything that we want to do in our lives you know and I love the first the fourth one about choosing to be happy every day. All of those brought a big smile to my face as I'm listening to you. And I just I, I just want to ask you one more question, Sean. Why do you feel that a can-do 
mindset is absolutely essential in life? A can-do mindset is absolutely essential in life because life brings its own set of challenges every single day. And if you don't have the concept that you can do whatever it is that you're aiming to do, life's going to be a lot harder and it, it'll, it'll weigh you down and, and, and set you back. So having that can-do attitude is what fuels you to get up every single day and to keep trying and to keep fighting and to keep pressing even when things are against you. So it is essential to have if you're going to accomplish uh, any goal that you want to have in life. Fantastic. And what a way to end what has been a, yeah, a very enlightening short conversation with you Sean and I know we've been connected for only a short time across the across the world um, yeah. but we're we're working closely together now doing a, a wonderful collaborative project for the youth as part of your as part of your magazine and and yeah we Absolutely. have just started to partner on a, a new life journey for both of us and yeah. uh, really looking forward to the journey with you and thank you so much for uplifting my day and also for uplifting my listeners day and I know that there are so many little nuggets that they will take away and and really think about that they can include in their lives careers and businesses going forward so thank you for being my guest today Sean awesome Gail thank you for having me wonderful thank you for listening to today's episode do you live and breathe a can-do attitude? Have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience, or intriguing story to share? Always curious, and with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be my guest. Do get in touch via my website, gailmgibson.com. The Can Do Way podcast, refreshing, positive, and real.